0: Hey, listeners, before we get into today's podcast, I want to thank today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less with over 25 recipes to choose from each week there's something for everyone to enjoy all recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure delicious and simplicity and i was just over there on their website checking out uh what they have to offer and i'm telling you it's making me super hungry we have a prosciutto wrapped chicken which i'm such a sucker for prosciutto uh chicken over garlic palm, which looks delicious and even a beef tenderloin and brown butter veggies There's a lot to choose from over there. It looks fantastic. And today they're offering our listeners a discount. You can go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Welcome back in This is Andy of the Art Podcast. And uh, we've been getting a ton of musicians on, um, but this is by far the musician who's involved in the largest band uh, that we've worked <laughs> with, uh, or recorded with. Uh, and this is uh, Sam Hyken of the New Deco Ensemble. Ensemble. Hi, they, uh, the the, the one I'm word I, I can screw up. Um, well, thanks for coming to the show, man. Uh, we were literally just talking off air that uh, you're coming up to Boston because you did some arrangements for the Boston Pops.
1: Yes. Uh, the Boston Pops hired me to do some arranging for the band train who, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best biggest bands ever. So it's, uh, it's actually my first time being ha- hired uh, directly for the Boston Pops. They've had a piece of mind a few years ago, but it's the first time it actually hired me to do arrangements. So I'm really excited and wanted to go up and, and check it out.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so, how is that different? Because we talk to a lot of you know rock musicians, pop musicians. When you're working on something like that, how is that different from just like writing a song? Like typically?
1: Oh, you know, I think that arranging, I mean, it, you know, it, it's still collaborative. You know, when I'm arranging, really my goal is to elevate the artist's music and vision as much as I can, less <laughs> more, more, less, less so than actually. Know putting my own ideas, I always like to have kind of a voice within it. But in terms of kind of leading with with big ideas, I think that the arranging process was something that's much more. Um, you're much more playing an accompanying role, and um, it's it's just more of a dance. Like the trick is not to you know over orchestrate or under orchestrate. So you know that you know and and it, and, it all, and it's also different. Um, you know depending on the size of the ensemble. So Boston Pops is full time symphony orchestra. They're accompanying you know Train, which is a you know normal sized band. Um, but you know, the, the kind of arranging changes, depending on that size, like for example, the Boston pop says four French horns, a full brass section. Um, whereas the new deco ensemble were much more of a chamber orchestra. So kind of stylistically and how I write will really depend on that as well. So, and, and I, mean, I think I answered your question.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so new deco is, uh, so I'd never heard of you guys until I got um, the press release and I was kind of like poking around. It seems like you guys kind of specialize in that working with like existing m- music acts or like, you know, um, playing more pop uh, music opposed to like, you know, kind of classical type stuff.
1: So we call ourselves a 21st century hybrid orchestra. We're an orchestra that's designed specifically for the 21st century. Um, we are made up. Um, it's really a, like a two sided orchestra. With mm-hmm. the goal being ultimate flexibility, we are composed of uh, you know conservatory top conservatory trained classical musicians, but also um, we uh, the makeup of our group consists of a very high level rhythm section, really top session touring players that you know can read, but also just can really groove at the same time. So the idea is like ultimate flexibility, and our core repertoire consists of living composers from the 20th and 21st century, reimagines reimaginations of both. Classical music and contemporary artists, such as you know, Aretha Franklin, L C D Sound System, Daft Punk, um, as well as collaborations, as you mentioned, with artists of all genres and all mediums. So the idea is that an orchestra that can turn on the dime, you know, we will do repertoire like Forgy and Bess and, and West Side Story and Billy the Kid by Copeland, but and even Stravinsky's Petrushka, but then also, you know, do you know any any collaboration with any kind of artist you can ever imagine. So it's that whole range of, of repertoire and, and flexibility.
0: And you guys are based in Miami, right?
1: Miami. We're, we're going into our seventh season.
0: So, so you play there. It's not like you take the the show on the road.
1: We haven't toured yet. We've only um, gone out of the state one time a couple of years ago for the Saratoga music festival. And we are doing a, um, uh, a concert series in Akron this year, but the plan is, uh, to, to start touring. I mean, it's, it's an undertaking with an ensemble of that size, but you know, we've really built ourselves up where now we really feel we're in the position, um, very shortly to take it on the road, either with one of our collaborators or on our
0: own. That's cool. Um, so how did you kind of fall into this? Like, were you always into music? Um, it always intrigues me because I feel like most kids are more into like rock or pop or rap or whatever. Like at what point did you kind of fall more into the the orchestra and the chamber music?
1: So Ed, that's so it's an interesting question. Um, so Giacomo, um, Byros is my co-founder. He's the conductor of the ensemble and both of us are Juilliard trained instrumentalists. I went to Juilliard for trumpet. I was always mm-hmm. a, uh, classical trumpet player growing up with, you know, always an interest in other genres of music. But, you know, when you're a kid, it's just so easy to, you know, for a parent to focus on the the instrument that, uh, you know, you could really measure your progress in as opposed to the, the creative side. Yeah. Um, but, you know, both Giacomo and I, you know, had interesting experiences at Juilliard and, you know, always started kind of looking for something else in addition to what we were doing. But we actually met um, as musicians uh, in the Singapore Symphony. I was this, the Associate Principal Trump and he was a tuba player. And I was there for two years. And um, you know, from when we were there, we were both roommates and you know, living in Singapore, which is about as far away as possible from you know our sure homes. Um, you know, of course we bonded and had similar tastes in music. And, you know, we're always asking, it was a, it was a time when, you know, orchestras around the country, it was coming to light that there's a lot of financial pressure on a lot of these these old legacy institutions. And so we started asking ourselves just, you know, what is the future of this kind of music? And, you know, what happens if we were, you know, an, you know 50 years old and our orchestra folded and had to get another job against these Juilliard trained players and so it just started making us ask ourselves all these questions about the future of music and you know we I ended up in Miami as a member of the New World Symphony Giacomo's from Miami and you know having been best friends living in Singapore we just always knew we wanted to start something and it took us a while to figure out what that was Um, but but eventually that's what we settled on was you know hybrid ensemble that could really turn on a dime and play anything and it really um, expresses all of our passions and all the kinds of music that we love and, and our passion for musical exploration and also our passion for uh, give back to our community. You know, we, we have education and outreach was a big part of what we do, including um, education concerts and our very own youth orchestra here. So it's kind of a combination of, of, of the love of our friendship and um, and everything that that we, we love. And, and, you know, it's, it's taken us um, seven years to build it to where it is, but um, we're really excited about our future and all the projects that we have um coming up and are undertaking at the moment
0: i i really like that cuz I, I see so many um kind of older establishments like the, there's a museum that pops to mind and you know we we worked with them uh, with a pop-up art show one time and and they were like oh you know we're really excited to work with you young people and i'm like well, i'm like in my 40s man like i'm not young <laughs> and um you know they, they, they're like oh we're trying to get more young people involved and it's like well you you need to do things that will interest them and I, I you know i've seen like orchestras play like um music from lost with you know lost playing behind them or do like video game songs and i so i think mm-hmm. that's kind of like that same it, it's, yeah. it's far more approachable to a younger audience
1: i think orchestras have been looking for a long time on how to bring in new audiences and, um you know doing all sorts of things i mean pops isn't really something that's that's totally new but you know our version of it is is not the orchestra being as much of a backup but really a collaborator within that so we always like to you know elevate the music as opposed to just accompany the music and i think that's what kind of what makes us different and and also a repertoire um but you know this may be controversial but you know the the idea of you know you're, you're giving the example of a museum you know an orchestra in in, in a lot of sense sometimes connect like a natural history museum and it's like every city doesn't necessarily need a natural history museum, but they, you know, they need culture. And you right. know, what, we, what we're finding that we're doing is providing Miami, something that really is of Miami and for Miami. I mean, it's a, it's a very international city with eclectic taste. historically. There's really never, you know, there, there was a professional orchestra down here, but it folded um, in the early 2000s and it's never been able to kind of maintain that. So, you know, our approach is, is something um, a little bit more uh, progressive, I would say
0: is there is there like one music genre that you guys haven't like brought into the fold yet that like you're you you want to like huh. you've done metal stuff and
1: we ha- you know we have not done metal although there's a wonderful tradition of that i don't know if you've checked out the uh, San Francisco Symphony with Metallica
0: oh that was a, a, exactly what i was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so that's that it's been done and like we we haven't quite done it yet it's interesting because the album that we have coming out with Larkin Poets, our first Roots Rock and Roll collaboration. Mm -hmm. And we've done more like on the pop rock side, but really like in terms of rock and even, you know, bending sort of towards the country, more blues side. That was the first time we'd ever done that. And uh, kind of a genre I didn't even think we would ever tackle, but metal is definitely something that's interesting. Um, I guess the only metal we've kind of done is we did collaborate with this artist, um, Scary Pool Party, who is, you know, very eclectic artist and has everything from like, you know uh like renaissance pop music all the way to almost death metal it's a it's hmm. very eclectic artist and one of the one of the tracks we collaborated had that kind of real real hardcore metal sound so i guess we have done it but we've never done it in terms of our concert presentation
0: yeah it kind of it makes me think of like um back MTV used to have uh that MTV unplugged and there was a few that like really kind of pushed the boundaries like they did a whole um hip hop one and you know, just to hear unplugged, you know, acoustic hip hop was really interesting. And I think there was one with corn, where they had yeah, like, J- like, the Jay
1: Z one is pretty famous. It, it, yeah, and as like Jay Z with the Roots is a like great unplugged one. Nirvana is super famous. Oh, for yeah. sure, yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, they they kind of tra- translated easily to on you know to an acoustic thing, just being more traditional <laughs> band. I think.
1: I actually think that metal actually translates very well. There's a very strong correlation between metal and, and symphonic. I mean, if you hear like the guitar lines, I mean, it's just, those kinds of lines translate so well to, to a, uh, you know, string instrument, any of those kind of metal rock and roll lines, any of those big octaves, it just, it it translates so well. That's why I think, you know, that album with with, uh, San Francisco and Metallica was was so successful. So I'm definitely down. (laughs)
0: And if you think about it, I mean, it's the singing styles um aren't too far off from opera you know they kind of long high notes that they hold you yeah know, totally. so it's, it's kind of operatic and
1: totally actually uh, i you know i would say that one the one genre so far that we really haven't tackled with new deco with an artist that i would love to is more of like indian music and some of this like indian like uh more crossover jazz kind of music like um like john mclaughlin's doing i really love that stuff and we haven't we haven't tackled it yet so I, w- I would love to get into some of that the music you can see a lot of it like if you go to like berkeley has i think like a modern indian jazz ensemble and that stuff is just so killer and so i would love oh, to like really? i've never even artists, heard like, of
0: that's yeah like a whole genre yeah, i never even knew existed it's very cool
1: it's very cool
0: so do they use like um like sitars and that sort of thing yeah
1: it's like a ta- there's like a tabla player and then um you know they'll usually be like i can't you know there'll be, there'll be a violinist and you have to check you have to check it out I'm not really yeah. justice but but it's like really like funky, cool music that I'm like super into and would love to do that with new deco at some point.
0: Is there like a specific band that's on your list that you want to work with?
1: Ah, and many, many, many. Um, I would say probably like one of my bucket list collaborators uh, would be someone like Andre 3000. I just feel like, you know, we've done an outcast suite and um, I'm just really into him as an artist. And I just feel like if you put him with an orchestra, like what, you know, what could come out of his mind and, and that kind of collaboration would be very special. Um, other artists that, you know, I would love to collaborate with, like Brittany Howard is someone I'm a huge fan right now. Um, you know, Anderson .Pac of course, is is also another artist. that's like really on my
0: list. And where you work with your best friend, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to ask his name. Again. Giacomo. Giacomo. That was in my head, I'm like, but I'm not sure if that's right. <laughs> um, I'm notorious for screwing up names. So uh, do, is there ever like concessions or conflict where you're like, oh, I want to do like, an, you know, an out, uh, outcast type thing. And he's like, oh, I can't stand outcast or like, how, like what's that <laughs> you know, kind of working situation? like?"
1: I, you know, our, well, our program, I mean, we, we never really programming anything unless we're really both on board with it. And, yeah. you know, there'll be times where he'll be more into something than I am or vice versa. And, you know, we'll, we'll each give, give if one of us is really into an idea, we can usually sell the other person on it. There's, hasn't really been, an artist or a suite or a piece that, you know, one of us is really loved and the other one is really hated. You know, we always find, you know, even if it's like a strategic reason why to do something, you know, whether it's, you know, for leveling up the ensemble or an artist that we feel is going to, you know, bring, bring the right attention, or will be really just a great collaborative partner, even though we're not into their music, you know, we can usually sell the other person and, and, and never really move forward unless, you know, we're both comfortable with it. So there's, you know, it's, I always go back to the, um, you know, the, the Queen movie, um, Bohemian Rhapsody, where, where uh, Freddie Mercury goes to make, you know, his own album by himself. And he realizes it's that push pull that, that is what makes him great. And it's not just, you know, just his idea. And right. that, that's something I always have, you know, whenever I'm like, you know, annoyed that Docmo's not into an idea of mine, I'm always thinking, you know, it's that, that's, that's what, what makes the magic. And I think, you know, our, our collective collaboration on programming is, is really, you know, what's been our formula for
0: success and i think that's one of like the the important things about being best friends and working in collaboration with someone is they tend not to pull their punches you know They'd be like, <laughs> that that, that's true. <laughs> that's a terrible idea we should not do that and yeah. um you know it, if it's a real like good friendship then it, you don't take it to heart you're like okay you know he's you know because i i my partner in a neighbor is my best friend and you know when I first brought the podcast to him, I'm like, I want to do an art podcast. He's like arts visual. That's stupid. And I'm like, all right, good point. Good point. I'll come back, <laughs> you know? And um, so that's how it became about creativity and talking to creative people. And, um, but it, you're right. It's like that kind of, you know, is this idea good? No. And you're like, all right. <laughs> has, have he, has he ever brought something to you where you're like, oh, I don't know. And then at the end you have to be like, all right, you were totally right. That was
1: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, there, I, I don't know, like, like mu- uh, musically, I mean, there's definitely been many ideas which I fought him on just, like, holistically about the ensemble, about, like, the organization that he's ended up being right and I've, you know, eaten good crow on. But, like, you know, I don't think musically there's been something I, I've been that resistant too you know i'm pr- i'm pretty open like personally i'm pretty open-minded i think out of the two of us he's probably the harder sell yeah <laughs> in general but it's it's good i mean i'm like if it was up to me you know my, too many of my ideas would get through you know, <laughs> and It probably wouldn't be probably wouldn't be uh you know nearly as uh, successful as it's been
0: so when you're putting together a- an orchestra like this how much consideration is there to all right we need like x number of violin and you know how many clarinets do we need? Like, how do how do you break that down?
1: So we have a very specific um, size. It's really like technically in the classical world, in terms of the acoustic makeup of our group, it's called a symphonia. So what that means um, is it's uh, one of everything in in a small string section. So we have you know, one flute, one oboe, which doubles an English horn, two clarinets, soon, and then one French one, one trombone, and one trumpet, and then strings, percussion, uh, piano. But then we we augment that with um, electric keyboard player, electric guitar player, electric bass player, drummer, and then also like an aux world music percussion person as well. So that's our general setup. Um, when we play in um, like bigger halls, like the Ars Center, which is a big performance uh, center down in Miami, we'll augment the orchestra and have more strings and sometimes double up on the brass to have you know, a more sizable horn section. Um, and then when we play in smaller spaces and, um, or smaller events, sometimes we'll break it down even further. So we'll do like a string quartet with just a couple horns and then the rhythm section. So it, it that's really the, the range. It ranges as small as 15, all the way up to 40. And the instrumentation is pretty much the same for, for you know, each, each version of that.
0: I was just thinking, thinking back to, uh, you brought up Queen and, you know, rock bands are always going through their drama because you know there's yeah. different you know attitudes and and you know egos is that magnified in in something th- that size <laughs> like
1: <laughs> uh, you know I think I think that you know the orchestra there's always been a general hierarchy within an orchestra I mean it's just like that's why like an orchestra's like great for teaching youth just about about this organization and leadership, and you know, you you know, usually the way an orchestra is is you have your section leaders, and then the section leaders talk to the you have a concert master who's kind of the general under the conductor. Um, you know, we we have a very um, open line of communication with our musicians. It's not just like was up there being the dictator and everyone just listens. You know, everyone is free to give comments, etc. You know, I think with any with any large group of people, there's always dynamics. But I think you know our um, orchestra is really a family, and people truly care about each other, and and um, you know, initially when we started, I used to do all the arrangements for the ensemble and that included all the suites. The outcat you see, like our outcat suite, our Queen suite, um, you know, that's online. I, I did those by myself, but then about, um, for about season four, it was season four, uh, I invited more members of the ensemble into the writing process. So now I write all of these kinds of suites or new pieces, not necessarily the guest artist arrangements, but these new suites um, with members of our rhythm section uh and and like opening that up has gotten more buy-in from them it's improved the the work and and this year we're opening up that in further and um as we start to explore like, original music by the ensemble we're yeah. going to really invite that process to anybody in the orchestra who wants in you know um organized by me you know we you need a chief in terms of like organizing those kinds of processes right, right but 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 i think that you know the more we can open up um, you know creative output from from our musicians the better
0: it it's funny that you you refer to it as a family it may, immediately made me think of you know I was a band geek in high school and you know uh, woodwind clarinet saxophone and I still stay in touch with those people you know I, I was playing poker with um one of my best friends who was the drummer in in the band and you know uh, reconnected with a the, the tuba player not too long ago and it it's it really is there's something really brings you together when you are creating something collectively. Play,
1: playing playing working through music. I mean there's no collaboration like it. Um I was just talking about it with Lark and Poe on an interview we did, which is for me as an arranger, before our guest artists arrive, I'm usually about the two weeks before working on the arrangement. So I'm like living within their music just for constantly for two weeks. And you 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 leave that experience of just like listening to them nonstop, this like intimate action you leave feeling like you know them or you have some sort of connection to them. So when they come, it's like, so I you know, now created this, this um, accompaniment collaboration for their music and at the same time been listening to them. So, so there's like uh, this immediate connection that happens and friendship that just uh, happens so organically uh, yeah. just from that process, you know, before we even said hello, you know, even met each other in person. So it's, it's music isn't amazing. It's, I mean, it's a universal language and it's it's the greatest.
0: Do you ever get like, um, like you say, you feel like you know them. Have you ever been like surprised, been like, oh, this is totally not. They're totally different than what I had envisioned personality wise or is it usually pretty.
1: Oh, that's a good question. I'm I'm I, you know, I don't feel I don't feel like I've ever been I've ever been really surprised. You know, I think that the ones that you think are going to be a little bit more difficult or it or like you know, the, it's not going to be as smooth of a process, but we really haven't had that maybe like one or two times because it's not been ideal, ideal. Usually it, it, we just have these wonderful magical weeks when so many of our artists have never played with the orchestra before. So it's, you know, they get just that that experience and it's just all it's just all hugs and kisses. But, you know, the more, you know, a couple more season ones, you know, I, I, people are people, artists are artists. So, yeah, but it would be the ones that, that you know, if I were to tell you, you'd be like, ah, oh, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's <laughs> it's funny that like, um, you know, we've, I don't know, we're like pushing 260 episodes and we've met so many people. And I've always said that my favorite episodes are the ones where like a stranger comes in and my friend leaves and we get bigger and bigger names on and they're so nice. They're so yeah. nice. And the, the people who I have had on the podcast in the past where I'm like, oh, they're not coming back. Have all been like really local <laughs> and like ah, small time. It, it, it's I don't want to say small time because that's borderline insulting, but just lesser known or, or or not working on the same level as some other people. And it's just like, wow! Like, how can you have that kind of ego and personality and only? I be mean like that that that's area? the way it
1: goes. That, yeah. that that's that's actually that that's the way I think so too. Um, you know the you really know a pro when you see it, yeah. you know, and like, you know, you take, you know, I keep bringing it back to Larkin Poe just because, our, you know, we have an album coming out with them, but, but Rebecca, who's just uh, Rebecca and Megan, both of them. Um, but you know, they're, they're both such stunning performers, but like, they're also just so incredibly tenacious and professional. They come in, it's like an amazing attitude. It's, it's, it's patience. It's, um, you know, just, uh, great communication, uh, and like really hard work, and it's like that's that's why they are where they are. That's why they're having this success. And and but it's like for me, it's like watching that kind of leadership and that just kind of being on you know all the time, you know, in rehearsal, like keeping the the up like the upwards of professionalism constantly. It's just it was like a learning experience for me and my own leadership, you know, for the ensemble. Just you know that there's never there's never a reason to
0: to communicate shitty.
1: <laughs> it's like if you if, if you if you can do it, you you know you can do
0: it so so you said you guys are gonna be working on original stuff is that more nerve-wracking even from like a business standpoint like is there like because i plymouth here we have a huge music scene but 98 percent of it is cover bands because that's what Mm -hmm. the bars want to keep people in like is there do you have that concern where like oh maybe the crowds won't be as big or
1: well it's still in the context of, you know, every concert that we do, it's really a journey um, of sound and you know, we start an energy when we, you know, we, we usually start our programs with uh, more like living composers and usually end with a suite and the collaboration kind of happens in between that. You know, I don't think, you know, at the moment we're looking to replace that, but it's more it's more just um, augmenting a bit mm-hmm. and adding that element and, add, and adding that um, level. Now, I think, you know, when you're when you're. Doing original music, there's always that vulnerability that's different than you know when you're covering or arranging someone else's music. Um, you know, we did do an original work this year, which was which was really well received, and you know, people had been asking, really, our audience had been asking for it too. So, you know, I, I think that you know, it, it does it does feel vulnerable, but at the same time, I think that our ensemble has a voice, and we have our own ethos in terms of the way we play things and the way we sound, and. I, I, I feel proud that, you know, collectively, we're going to come up with our own original music. And I think that we have to take that, that, that plunge. I don't think like on a business, we're trying to replace that. But, you know, we do want to have that as a new element in, in our presentation.
0: Nice. Um, so you have the, the new, it's an, you're going to be on the album. Is that for the whole album so or are you just we- working on a song? Sorry. So Larkin
1: Poe was our um, last year. We did an entirely live stream season with limited audience and they were our second artist of the year and, and they came down and we just had a wonderful week with them and it was really well received and we all felt it was magical. Um, and you know they, they, they asked for the hard drives and wanted to take a look at what they had. And like, before we knew it, like they had, they sent us a mix of um, probably our favorite song from that collaboration. And they, they were really, they let us know they were really interested in, in releasing the performance as a live LP and oh. immediately we said yes. So so the 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 album is uh that's coming out um well today's uh today's the 16th when we're talking but it's yeah. coming out tomorrow on the 17th. Um uh and uh it's just live it's a live collaboration that we did in Miami last December.
0: So when a band like them reaches out to you, do do you reach out to them? Do you... we reached like... out to them?
1: They were an yeah. artist we were interested in having as part of our season. So generally you know, when we're bringing our artists down to be our guests as part of our season and perform for our audiences, we're reaching out to them. We have had artists in the past reach to us for different recording projects. Um, but but generally, you know, when it's our season, we're, we're inviting them as
0: our guests. Yeah. And so, you know, my band reaches out to you. We decide to collaborate. How do you then interpret that into an ensemble? Do you do you work? percussion forward or do you start with the strings like how do you kind of make that all work
1: so my process is like the first thing I do uh before I do anything is I'll tr- transcribe the song and just put it down on paper I'm like I use Sibelius it's a notation program Um, You know, I'll I'll put out all like, you know, melody, drums, like everything, at least so I can have something to work with. Mm -hmm. And 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 also by transcribing, I really get to know the music very well. And I get ideas as I go. And sometimes I'll put those ideas in as I'm transcribing, but I'll put as much as I hear. And what I also do um, when working with a, a band is I'll listen to as many recordings of the performances as I can find. So whether it's a studio version, whether it's a live version or different live versions and find inspiration from those, those versions. Sometimes it's like a really strong line will be added to like a, like a live recording. And it's like, oh, wow, they added these for the, for this, li- this line for this tour. And I'll incorporate that. Like my goal when we're bringing a guest down is for an artist to come and feel like all they have to do is like play as they normally play and boom you have an orchestra in the back of it and it's just and it's just like elevating that music. So like my so that's why I'll usually like figure out like what is the form like that's obviously the first thing but it's like what is the version that we're doing and and getting that all down on paper and then adding adding to that process. It's not like I do strings first or anything. It's usually just like a matter of drafts. You know, I'll do I'll, I'll kind of do just one pass and put in the ideas that I kind of hear and then just go again and then go again and go again until I'm happy.
0: Is there like Are there bands that you wouldn't be able to work with like like a jam band like the Dead or Fish that don't really have that kind of structure is that something that like you could
1: You know the, I think that we've done every <laughs> we you, you'd be surprised I mean we've done everything from like DJ we did um uh, Walsh Fire from Major Laser um you know straight hip hop um we've done things with much more open form you know it's really just figuring out what is the way that we're going to communicate. So, you know, if it was like a a jam band, um, you know, it would probably be just like, you know, more section based guideposts, you know what I mean? So there, there, there was that freedom where, you know, there, there could be like, okay, the move is now when we feel it, but, but as long as like those that communication is set up and you know it's very easy to translate that communication to like sheet music and guideposts. so i could say okay you know like vamp here you know if this is an area they're going to jam out like here, you know just vamp vamp and you know repeat at liberty you know and then boom the cue, band cues or or somebody cues you know just in order to be able to you know have that kind of performance and spontaneity
0: yeah that's interesting because it's just like i was thinking like i'm like there's no way that you could do a band like that they'd be like oh it's a guitar solo that goes off track for like 15 minutes and
1: yeah yeah no we do we do it and it's like we just you know you know for those kind of moment you put a big repeat sign around it and you just you know you just wait for the moment and we, you know we've even we have a project that um that uh recently came out with a jazz pianist aaron parks and um we did a chart of his that he did with joshua redmond called chronos and there's this middle section that we just really kept open and, and what what we did was i just put like um different elements um, in each of the parts. And the idea was that Giacomo could just cue in those whenever he wanted. And then, and it, so, so the arrangements were never the same twice, you know, mm. any, it, would, it, it wouldn't matter how it would cue it, it all fit over the same music, but yeah. it was just that idea of spontaneity. And then just, you know, he could control when the peak was coming in order to move on to the next section. So we've done all those kinds of uh, ways of, of working. Yeah, you know, really like, cool. I don't like to have any boundaries in terms of the kinds of collaboration and and like, really being able to execute on an artist's vision. If the vision is to keep it more open and to give it a little bit more spontaneity, we want to figure that out within reason, you know, for playing with 30 people, you know, how to make that possible.
0: That's, that's, that's really cool. Like that, that, like you found that way to make that work. I I love that. Um, Where do you, like, we kind of talked a little bit about like where you kind of see this going, like you'd like to to tour and, and um, but like, like grand scheme like what like do you want new deco like franchises do you want to do like movie (laughs) scores like you know we want to do everything yeah (laughs) that's what we
1: joke about um i think that you know obviously you know miami is a very big part of it for us we want miami to really be a destination we want like you know like you do tiny desk you do saturday night live we want miami and new deco to be on that kind of artist check the box version oh that's that's. You know, it's like, it's like MTV, like you mentioned MTV Unplugged, MTV Unplugged with the Chamber Orchestra, you right. know, it's just like something that everybody does, whether you're Billie Eilish or it's like, oh, you, you go and do New Deco. I mean, I think that's kind of like, you know, in terms of the collaborations for me, as yes. well as, you know, capturing all sorts of content and being able to, um, you know, uh, workshop new pieces. And that that's another also, uh, you know, expanding the canon of orchestral music is really important to us and commissioning artists for um, new works for our ensemble, uh, that would normally never get that opportunity. Uh, we love doing so. For instance, this year we're, we're premiering the very first orchestral work by Robert Glasper. Um, we did that with Corey Henry last year. Um, we we premiered the first full orchestral work by Kishi Bashi, um, which was about the uh, the subject matter was the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. Um, so, like, so these are like new multi-genre like orchestral works, and so mm-hmm. so expanding the canon there is very important. And so so serving Miami, taking our mission outside of Miami and touring and, and growing and, and, you know, content production and, you know, our educational programming. I mean, it's like about, it's about, you know, content production, um, live concerts, our youth orchestra, it's kind of like all of those things and just scaling them to as as large as they'll be scaled.
0: So we were talking about how this is like a a great way for, to reach younger audiences and new audiences. And you you said that you'd done some live streams or, uh, or your whole season was live stream last year. Last year. Yes. Yeah. Um, did you find that was reaching, you know, a new younger audience? Like, was it just on Facebook? Did you do YouTube? Were you streaming on Twitch? Like, so we streamed
1: on this platform called Maestro. It was a relatively new platform. It gave us really great interaction with our audiences where the audience could live chat. In our first show, we even pulled the audience, um, you know they got to choose the encore we did like a, a voting for that we that's also cool. it's kind of like amazon style where you know if a, a orchestral musician or there was a solo that happened like their name would pop up you click on it and their bio would come in the screen and oh, that was like a really cool. cool yeah it was yeah. very cool and we you know we had never explored that before and and you know with covid we were we were forced to do it so that was great um, what was really interesting with the live stream was that 80 percent of our audience was outside the state of florida so, and we hit over 33 countries and we're on a, almost every continent, um, I think, except for Antarctica. Although we did have like a, a board member trying to get us some, some, some outposts in Antarctica. Um, but so so we really did reach new audiences through the live stream. Um, we do tend to have, a, you know, a more younger audience uh, than pretty much any other institution in Miami. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that was always kind of, it's interesting because like that was always the goal. Like, okay, in the beginning, and really, when New Deco started, we were more of a classical chamber orchestra that just happened to play things like Daft Punk. And then yep. that really that really evolved into half classical and a real rhythm section. Like really, like before, it was like our, our classical guys were playing drum set. and While it was cool, it's not the same. It's just not. Right. Um, and uh, so I think that, you know, initially when we started the idea, we're going to play Daft Punk to bring in young people. But what ended up happening... Was that we were actually serving as this gateway for older audiences to learn about the music of Daft Punk and Outkast, and you know you'd have all these people be like, "Wow, I really love that Outkast," <laughs> never, like, never heard Outkast in their life, and so yeah. so it's like, "Wow, it's like we're actually it's not just about bringing in young people to orchestral or classical music; it's actually about being this ultimate place for connection and enrichment for for both like new and diverse audiences." So. That ended up where it ended up going, which was to be this hybrid where 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 all different audiences and all different people, backgrounds, musicians can connect. And it's like the orchestra has like traditionally been this thing which has been about like division. You know, people go to a concert and they don't know when to clap. And it's high society. And and, and like we're looking at it as this place for ultimate connection where it doesn't matter who you are, what kind of music you play. It's like this is the place that we're going to come to and it's going to elevate whatever music we're performing.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. It's you know, it, it always bothered me that that image of a cultured person was, you know, I'll, I go to the opera and I listen to classical music and, you know, uh, I only drink red wine or whatever. And I'm like, that's not really cultured. You're, you're very narrow minded. Right. I'm like, you should be listening to Eminem and, you know, drinking PBR and, exactly. and listening yeah, to classical music. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, exactly, and it,
1: exactly
0: it, it, it to me it makes life so much more interesting because there's good music. I, you know, I'm not a country music fan, but there's songs i have been like, Hey, I, I enjoyed that. And, um, you know, it, it's people get so they pigeonhole themselves and, and kind of shut off a bunch of stuff. And I think it's great that you're kind of exposing both sides to, to new.
1: I mean, I mean, you know, that it's you kind of really hit the nail on the head which is like this idea of being pigeonholed because that's how with Giacomo as part of our impetus it's like oh we've been trained all these years to play classical music and I was like I don't really know if I want to play in an orchestra anymore for the rest of my life like that's what I wanted to do for a while but I'm like is this really what I what I want and then you know even as a even as I mentioned before as a kid it's it's really easy to get pigeonholed because you know the classical kids generally play with the classical kids the jazz kids play with the jazz kids and right. like never the two shall meet. Um, so that's when we started our youth orchestra. That was like the very idea is we're going to break break that. Where where like the same model as us. We're we're combining the classical kids and more of the pop kids, and 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 making creative output a, a really big part of it, as opposed to just you know playing your instrument. And that's just kind of another thing you do in your spare time. You know, it's like that. So so that's very important for us. That that whole ethos of not being pigeonholed and being flexible, and um, you know, exploring. You know. Uh, Musical expo- genre bending musical exploration we always used to say
0: yeah it, it's it's and sometimes like um, you know bands that kind of do that sort of thing like I, I was thinking walk off the earth did a cover of um, old town road which i don't enjoy that song but they did a cover with um, you know handbells and it's amazing it is A hundred times better. Wow. I got to check that out. Yeah. I got to check that out. It's so great. Um, But kind of talking back to that, you know, getting exposed to new music, you know, I grew up on MTV and radio play. So you didn't really have, you know, you were fed what, you know, the big record companies wanted you to get. But like, if you put a little legwork in, you know, you bought circus magazine or hit parade or whatever, you, you you could find cool new stuff. I feel like that's harder in some ways now because it's not so centralized. Like, do you agree with that? Do you find your, how do you get exposed to new music that you haven't heard?
1: That's a great question. I mean, I think that, you know, you're absolutely right. It's like, it's not as decentralized and, and we're, you know, more people are making music than ever before. It's like we're in this big renaissance right now of just of music making. So I think, I think, um, you know, for me, a lot of my sources, I mean, are traditional. But then I, I also um, to find new artists. You know, I go to places like I do go to Tiny Desk or, or WKEX. OKXP. You know, yeah, yeah. Yes, and that's yeah. why I find there's a lot of great, a great, you know, music that's uh, up and coming and not quite hit yet, but it's like it's like right before. You know, it's so many times when I'm when it's like almost every artist we have, like has it had had a KEHP. and that's what I, you know, we'll listen to a lot of the songs to base the arrangement off. Cause that's usually like a very stripped down version of yeah. it. So, so those are a couple of sources. And I love, you know, I scour tiny desk K-E-X-P. um, you know, Twitter, Instagram as follow as much as I can, like pitch pitchfork NPR, all of that, you know, as yeah. much as possible and really try and be in the know of everything going out there, both on the popular side and the, um, you know, more independent side.
0: Is KXP the one that does, um, like, I know they kind of have their, their, you know, shorts, tiny desk style um, sets, but there's one that they have like a list of, you know, really well-known songs and then they'll bring in a band. And if you play, you know, when doves cry by Prince, that's off the list. And then the next band comes in and has to pick from whatever is left on the list. Oh, wow. I
1: didn't, I've i never seen that. That sounds cool. I got to check yeah, that
0: out. And it's like, I stumbled across it because I was really getting into this band called uh mariachi el bronx and then um so i saw this i'm like that's a really interesting idea and then the next one i came across was guar and i think they did a skinnerd song i can't wow. remember
1: that's but, cool yeah that's awesome. I, I
0: love stuff like that and i think you know youtube and, and you know streaming online it really allows for some really creative ways for people to kind of get their music out there
1: and, and even like, you know, I know we don't like to talk about it, but even like these algorithms, I mean, you know, I discover a lot of stuff through Spotify and through like them just kind of figuring out my tastes. And, you know, even if it's similar Pandora, things like that, it's, you know, you don't like to like think like the computer
0: knows you, but,
1: you know, hey, it's like, it's like that kind of similar checking the button you know, that it's, you know, it comes right on your feed and it's, it's great.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so the album is getting released tomorrow. So by the time this actually goes up, it will be out. I think about a week, ballpark. Okay. Um, where can people go to get the the album?
1: All uh, uh, digital service providers: uh, Apple, Amazon, Spotify. Um, the videos are going to be on YouTube. Um, and the vinyl, uh, which is the really, it's a, the, it's mixed so well, um, and you know we're just so happy with it uh, that that the vinyl's been. Going off the pre-ordered off the shelf, so oh, that's awesome. available both on Larkin Poe's website and our newdeco new-deco dot org and newest spelled n u uh, new-deco org and you can we, you can order the vinyl and CD as well from from our website, but it's on all all serve all, all DSPs.
0: And for our you know Miami era, area listeners, uh, is uh, new-deco org where they can find you know your schedule and how to get tickets and all that sort of thing. Yes.
1: Yep. We're, uh, we got a show in um, October. Our season, our full season begins in November uh, at the North Beach Band Show. Um, we've got a great guest artist. We're not really quite ready to announce it, but uh, it's a big one and we're really excited about it.
0: Uh, that's really cool. Uh, well, thanks, man. This was a lot of fun. You know, we don't get a lot of, you know, composers and, you know, classical musicians on the show. So it, it's, it's really cool to talk, you know, get the chance to talk to someone. Likewise, right Andy. It. Yeah.
1: Likewise. It was really great to talk to you.
0: And, uh, you know, congratulations on, on the, the Boston Pops thing. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, and uh, enjoy your trip up here, man. So, uh, Thank you. And that's pretty much it. And we will uh, catch our listeners uh, again back here next week. Wonderful. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at anebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk, Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Art Network, which you can find at Anebriart.com. So thanks again for listening.